This is Work of the Beat. It is Monday, February 10th, 2020. I am Kevin Cody, along with Mike Kern. Glad you can join us here on the big show as we get you set for a week that'll see the Phillies go to spring training. College basketball in full course here, as obviously Villanova struggling uh, with three straight losses. They fall to 15 in the AP poll that comes out today, but... I think that's more a reflection of what the Big East is at this point. And, of course, we'll get in the shush gate a little later on the show. Joe Allen B making friends. So did Al Horford. Al Horford probably should have kept his mouth shut, but that's a whole different story. Embiid, we'll talk about that later on. So a lot to get to. And our guest this week, or our guest today, is uh, Tom McCarthy, the voice of the Phillies on television in his 12th season, I believe, in that role. Coming up as he gets set to go to Clearwater, but he first will make a stop in Dayton, uh, working for CBS on college basketball, doing a lot of Dayton Flyers and Atlantic 10 basketball. So we'll talk to Tom about a lot of things. They're a two seed. They are a two seed right now. And uh, we'll talk to Tom about that, talk about college basketball at this point, and look ahead to the Phillies at spring training. Hello, Michael. How are you? Yo, it's a great place to cover a game in Dayton. You ever covered a game there? I have never covered a game in Dayton. Not even, not even like the A10. Okay, no. good. It's a good hostel. Silski and Dom Constantino did the. Uh, yeah, I just I thought maybe you had gotten out there nah. one time. I'm a it, Big East guy. Big East and okay. A10 when it was in Brooklyn or Philly. Okay, it was a great hostile environment. I saw some great Temple Dayton games there. Uh, they don't lose much at. That. I guess they're pretty good this year if they're a two seed. Um, but and that's where they have that playing games every year in Dayton. First four, yep. LaSalle started their run there the one year. Um, yeah, I, I think Tom's really good on the college basketball. I almost like him more on the college basketball. I think he's really good. And he's awesome at the NFL on, on radio. Yes, yeah. I mean, Phillies is hard. It's hard when you're the guy, 162 games, and we'll ask him about that, obviously. But, you know, especially when the team's not good, which it hasn't. Been, been good for eight years. Yeah. Well, although he had a good run at the start of his run, yeah, a good. Yeah, you know, obviously they won a World Series and got to to uh, another World Series. Um, and you know you're you're replacing a legend. You know, it's, I mean, it's not easy. You think? Just a hunch, especially in that business. Yeah. You know, because people, Harry was Harry, right? You know, Merle. Somebody's going to have to replace Merle at some point, or Zoo. Yeah. But I, I think even Merle more than Zoo. Zoo's great. I'm, I'm not trying to right. But, this, but Zoo. Merle's Merle's like Merle's Merle. <laughs> right. I don't know. I love Zoo. I, I think he's tremendous. But Merle's just you know you think Eagles. What's the first thing I think of? Merle, Merle Reese. Reese. Yeah. <laughs> and Mike Quick now. I mean Mike's been there twenty. I love, I love Mike's Mike. been there twenty years too. As I played golf a, with Mike. Yeah. But Merle is just he's unique. You know, when you get to know him a little bit, and you do, I mean, you know, um, just a real, you know, who's going to replace him? Think about how blessed this area has Uh. been with the voices. And I mean, look, the Phillies especially, because, you know, you could take, you know, Tom, I think, is is good at television. I think Tom is very good at television. I like Frank. Frank, I like the radio guys. Franski in L.A. and and Richie and Whitey and Wheels. Richie was an institution. But, I mean, Wheels. Oh, yeah. Some people don't like Wheels. I know some people. I like did. Wheels. I know some people didn't. I got to get wheels on the podcast. Actually, I, I wheels. I enjoyed Chris. I remember some people would just like felt the exact opposite of me. Right. But but Richie was universally beloved. So he was like one of us. 
you, you realize he's been dead 23 years? Yeah. Going on 23 years. Mm. Is this one of your favorite times of the year when baseball gets going and, and I'm not college a, basketball starts to really grind? I'm not a big spring training guy. I'm not a big anything exhibition. But training, what, what what is it going to, what am I going to find out in Florida? I'm going to find out that one of these relievers. I think, I think it's the sign that winter's almost over. Maybe a mental. That's fine. And you used to cover it. Yeah. So I get that. For me, I always had March to look forward to a basketball. So I didn't care really about baseball. Baseball for me starts like whenever opening day starts. That's, mm-hmm. you know, some guy's going to get down there and he's going to be like a story. Oh, you know, we got this. They're, they're trying to find relief pitchers, obviously. They've signed 150 of them. Um, and, and maybe I think the interest this year is with Girardi, to I be honest so. with you. But they, DD's, I think DD was a really good pickup. Is, is the left fielder healthy? You know, I mean, but you, you know, that was part of your life. It was. It for, was for a long while, time. Right? And, yeah. you know, it, I, I got to admit the last couple of days and even battling a bit of a, a bug that's been going around, obviously. I mean, the last couple of days have been, you get the pangs of jealousy. And you used to do both. I and used to did do spring training. I did the first then, couple of weeks of spring and then training. Went to, we'll come home right. and then do the biggies. So it was always a fun time. And Tom has done that for a while. In fact, let's get to Tom. Uh, Tom McCarthy, the voice of the Phillies and from CBS. He joins us here on Work of the Beat right after this message. This is Kevin Cooney, and I want to tell you about a great new way to get advertisers on your podcast. It's called Podcorn, the marketplace that connects podcasters with amazing opportunities to make some money. We're using it here at Work of the Beat, and it is awesome. Simply browse the advertisers right on Podcorn's platform, set your own rates, talk to the brands directly without any exclusivity clauses, and the best part of all, there's no middleman. Podcore is there at every step of the way, ensuring that you are protected and compensated for the work that you do. Are you interested? Well, you should be. Well, hit the podcorn.com. That's P-O-D-C-O-R-N.com. Or check out the show notes for a link to their website. That's podcorn.com. <laughs> and joining us now, the television voice of the Philadelphia Phillies since 2009 and the voice of college basketball, one of the voices of college basketball for CBS and one of the voices of the NFL for Westwood One, it's Tom McCarthy. Tom, how are you? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? I'm good. Are you... Uh, Is that another way of saying he makes more money than us? <laughs> that's that's not that's not a high bar that's right true. now. Yeah, yeah, here's the thing. I, I spend more, too, guys. That's, uh, I, I got four kids. I spend more, too. Hey, 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 Tom, first of all, congratulations. Your son signed with the Braves, uh, Tom, uh, Tommy, correct, uh, with the Braves organization, right? Yeah, he's, it's, it's cool that he's going to get a chance to keep playing uh, professional baseball this year. I'm excited for him. He's worked hard. Um, he can hit the snot out of the ball. It's just, uh, you know, whether he finds a spot. So that's it's, it's a cool thing. I'm really happy for him. Tom, you're not that old. I'm not that old, but no. I mean, I have no hair. So Mike, I look like I'm 70. So it's, uh, you know, okay. Fair enough. Um, all right, let's start with the fills and, and obviously, you know, you're going to be heading down the clear order. I assume within the next week or so, correct? Yeah, I go down the 19th. I've got to do a, a VCU and Dayton next Tuesday in Richmond. And then I fly down the next morning from Richmond. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. I, you're you're going to be like Mr. Flyer. You can come in here and NCAA Selection Sunday and give us a synopsis of the Flyers. Flyers at this point. I could. I, I think I know everything about Obi Toppin 
and the entire Toppin family uh, right now. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get in the. We'll get into the A10 in a second. But obviously, I mean, you know, spring training is awesome because there's a natural optimism, and yet even in this town, I think maybe because of the way the town is is wired, it seems like there's a little apprehension with the Phillies coming in. What do you, What do you feel like as as they head the spring training? Well, I don't I don't blame everybody for having apprehension, honestly. I, I think because we, we played it up so big the last couple of years because, you know, obviously Bryce Harper signing last year, there was a lot of optimism. Reese Hoskins, I think everybody anticipated was going to have a fantastic season last year. Uh, and, you know, it, they made some really good moves this year. I think the best move they probably made was bringing Joe Girardi in and Brian Price in as their pitching coach. Uh, I think it's changed things. But I I, I – I, I get the uh, the apprehension. I really do. But I think that's okay, though. You know, I think it's it's still exciting that spring training's here. I still think that there's optimism that they can do something this year. But I'm okay with the fans being apprehensive about it because, you know, there's been such a buildup the last couple of years um, that it's not that anybody doesn't want to be let down, but it's like, all right, let's wait and see this year before we decide anything. But I, I think they're going to be in good shape. I you know, my, my thing, and, and you guys, I, I'm sure, feel the same way, is, you know, what can the last two or three spots in the rotation do to make this team a playoff contender? I think that's really the big question going into spring training. Yeah, and, and I agree with your assessment of I think we should all just step back and be, like, cautiously optimistic. But yeah, I, I just think the, the one thing, I know the pitching is going to be an issue. But, man, I, I like some of it, like, getting D.D., I mean, I just think that's a kind of an under-the-radar kind of move that I really think... I always thought when he was with the Yankees, when he was healthy, he was the guy that made that whole thing go. Well, Mike, I'm telling you, I, I, the, the the reaction from everybody around baseball that I've talked to about Gregorius this past offseason, I mean, leads me to believe that uh, that you could be absolutely spot on uh, because he, he'll... They the, the thought is that he'll stabilize a lot of things. He'll stabilize the lineup because I think the lineup needed a little bit more of a boost, but also stabilize shortstop. You know, Segura played okay last year at shortstop. He didn't play great the second half of the season, but Gregorius is younger. He's probably, he's quicker. He's going to be better at shortstop. He's just going to be better. And what Girardi has said, and, and we've done a lot of dinners and a lot of uh, luncheons together and Breck, we've been together for a while. Uh, he said he's just spot on the clubhouse and you know whether that wins games or not I mean obviously people argue that all the time but I think that's important I think I think it's a huge pickup for them and the fact that it's only a one-year deal and then you kind of you know let him sort of play for a contract that's pretty good too for the organization Tom when you look at Gregorius's reputation of being a good clubhouse guy they had one last year in McCutcheon and that clubhouse changed after McCutcheon got hurt would you agree that, that's... Oh, absolutely, Kev. I, I mean, I, I've got I got into a discussion with somebody uh, who's a national broadcaster during the season. He said, "What do you think is the biggest problem for the team right now when they were playing poorly?" I said, "Well, McCutcheon being out really hurts." He goes, "That doesn't mean anything." I said, well, "What do you mean it doesn't mean anything?" And he said, "It's it just statistically doesn't mean anything. That's that's not the reason you're losing." I said, "I'm telling you, it's the reason they're they're not playing up to a certain level because you know they they couldn't find a leadoff hitter after that. No. I mean, and let's let's face it." He's not going to be your bona fide leadoff hitter, but he does take pitches and he does do a lot of other things positive. And, and he could have tailspinned toward the end of the year, but I don't think so. I think he would have still been the same kind of player. So I thought it was a big loss. I really did. And I mean, having both of them in your clubhouse, I think is huge for a team that's still 
was looking for an identity, I thought, at the end of last year. I mean, I, you know, they, they had a lot of turmoil with the Franco situation and, and Kingery moving a lot of different places, and Aduba went out, obviously, in May. Now you have, like, you hate saying grown-ups, but you have legitimate grown-ups now that should help a team get through a slump better than maybe they were last year. Yeah, I would think that's true, uh, Kev. I, I think that... Um... You know, I think that leadership is, is is an important part of any team. I mean, we, we've seen that with all kinds of sports and all kinds of teams. And I think that, you know, leadership in the manager's office is going to be different. I think it's going to be even better this year. But I think the fact that, you know, these guys will be part of the clubhouse uh, and the clubhouse personality, uh, I think that's a big deal. I really do. Uh, and I think it's it's exciting to see that. Uh, as we go into spring training, just the kind of impact they're going to make, you know, and although Josh Harrison hasn't made this club, if he makes the club, I mean, we've heard the same thing about him mm-hmm. because of his relationship with McCutcheon, how much, how much he, how, how good he is with the younger players too. Tom, I, I'm assuming at this point that Kingery is going to be the starting third baseman while we're waiting for Boom to come up, whether that's sooner, later, or whatever. Um, and barring an injury, I guess. That's where he'll stay. But it seems to me like everybody's still painting him as this guy who can play this position one day, this position, you know, filling. And isn't it time? I just want them to put him at one position, preferably second base. But I know they got a second baseman. What's your thoughts on him? Like, I think he he's not really going to be the player we think he can be until he's just the everyday second baseman. I wouldn't mind Mike seeing him play one position uh, every single day. And I do think, and, and listen, I don't know what's going to happen when Bohm comes up, but I think if, if, and when Bohm comes up and he, they, he plays third base, you know, then I, I do think Kingry's going to settle in at second base. And that means that they'll probably have to find a spot for Segura. Although the problem with that is that the contract is pretty lengthy still for Segura. So you may have to eat some of that if you wind up dealing them. Uh, but I'd like to see that too. I, I do think Scott, has adjusted well to bouncing around. Uh, I actually enjoyed watching him play center field, quite frankly. I know that there were some limitations from time to time, but I thought he did a really good job working uh, working out in center field. But I, I think that for anybody to know where they are and where they're playing, I do think that there's a benefit to that. And I think for him that that makes the – I mean, I don't know how good Bohm's going to be defensively. Some people think he'll be average. Some people think he'll be slightly above. Some think he'll be slightly below, but uh, I do think it makes the defense better up the middle if Kingry's at second base and Gregorius is at shortstop. Tom McCarthy, the uh, voice of the Phillies on television, joins us. Tom, when you look at when you look at this pitching staff, and obviously you get Wheeler and Nola at the top, but the question marks, and you mentioned it, you know, uh, you know between uh, Arietta, Eflin, Pavetta, Velasquez. Maybe at some point, this Spencer is like the Howard. third straight year you've said this. I know. I, I should have. <laughs> I should have bottled this. Um, is it just a matter of they're going to hope Brian Price can work with these guys to get them represent? You know, look, Jake Arrieta is not going to be what he was in Chicago, but at least the representative number three starter at this point is, I guess, what they're hoping for. Yeah, I, I think so, Kev. I, I do think that's the big question going, and people wonder about the bullpen. And if that's going to be a question mark, and it, and it is, there's no doubt about that. But I, I, and I agree with what Mike said. I think we've said this for the last couple of years, you know, Pavetta, um, Eflin, and Velasquez. Velasquez. <laughs> Those guys got to, they have to step up. Spencer Howard will be with the team mm-hmm. at some point, I think, barring anything 
you know, traumatic as far as injury goes. He'll be with the team at some point during the course of the summer. But I, one of those guys has to step up, and I think they really are banking on Brian Price that he's going to be able to figure some things out and get them to a certain level. Uh, if not, you know, I, I do think they'll move rather quickly to try to find somebody else to fill that void. Now, who is it? I don't know. I mean, people out there would probably say, well, it's, it'll be like a Vargas or a Smiley, but I, I don't know. I mean, depending on what's available, they may move pretty quickly, but those guys have to step up. I mean, this for them individually, right? You know, they may be down to their last to, to the end of the straw. Yeah. I almost think Vince Velasquez has almost taken on like a Newman quality. Every time somebody says his name, it's like painfully winced at times and it's not fair. <laughs> or you can make him a reliever. Not. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, that's the thing. I, I agree with that. I think that I think they'll wind up in the bullpen. I really do. I mean, in yeah. some way, shape or form. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a huge question going into the spring. But I, I just talking to some folks the other day, they are really optimistic that they figured stuff out. I don't know. Uh, but again, it's all part of it. Uh, it's it's a huge question going into spring training. Tom, Kevin, and I have talked about this a lot. And some of our guests have talked about it. The fact that and you may not be able to talk about it because of your capacity, but the Phillies went out last year, you know, the funny money, the stupid money, whatever, they get Bryce. And now when they're on the cusp of what everybody thinks they have to do more, of basically them saying, well, that's it. We've kind of spent enough. And I think fans get frustrated with this. Can you understand yeah. that, or, or, or are we making too much out of it? No, I, I, I do think you have to be a smart businessman when it comes to, you know, how you're going to structure the salary um, and whether you're going to go over um, the threshold to to pay the tax, um, but I understand how, what fans are saying. Uh, I I was not overly enamored with. Oh, listen, if if I had a chance to get Garrett Cole, I would have gone and got Garrett Cole, mm -hmm. no doubt about it, because he would have been the foundation along with Nola moving forward. But I was okay with uh, them going to get Harvey, uh, going to get um, Wheeler, because I I think that that gives a one, two to Nola. And I, and I think that they're projecting. Um, and as it turns out compared to a lot of the other guys, it, it wasn't as bad a contract financially uh, burden wise as some of the others around baseball beyond Garrett Cole, beyond Wheeler, maybe beyond Cole Hamels, if he was going to take a one year deal. And I don't know if he would have, um, I'm not sure if there was anything out there that really spiced it up. Now, was there stuff out there for a trade? Absolutely. Like I would have loved to have gotten Corey Kluber, mm -hmm. you know, I would have loved to have brought him in. Um, but I understand what the fans are saying because you know, that if we're that close as an organization, then, you know, let's kick it over the top. Uh, I don't know if there was somebody beyond the upper echelon guys that were out there that you could do that with this past off season, but I get it. I, I totally get it. Um, but I do think that getting Wheeler uh, addressed it to a certain extent. And I, Obviously, think getting Gregorius addressed the offensive part of it, uh, but there's still holes. There's still holes to, to to fill. And they still spent almost two hundred seven million dollars. I mean, it's not like they've gone cheap here. It's they've no. they've spent a lot of they spent a lot of money, and you know you can't patch every hole that way. And I think that's one no, thing. No, and I, I do th I I do think it, it, it's it, it's sort of it's sort of you know. I hate to say it, but it look, you look at the farm system. Yep. Somebody they, they've got to produce a, a pitcher or an offensive player that I'm not saying is Juan Soto or uh, Ronald Acuna, but gosh, it, it, they've got to something's got to produce eventually. It, it, it just you can't survive if you don't have 
some of those guys coming up and producing from the farm system. You know, it's the old adage: the Yankees won all those, you know, won all those divisions uh, and won those World Championships under Joe Torre. Well, you know, and they got out and got a lot of free agents, but they also had Andy Pettit, they had Derek Jeter, they had Jorge Posada, they had all these guys that were Mariano Rivera, Bernie Williams. They're all in their system. The system has to produce and. You know, hopefully they've made some adjustments from that standpoint, too, to make the system even better. Tom, with the natural pecking order, obviously the Braves are the defending division champions. The Nationals are the defending world champions. The Mets still have an incredible starting rotation. Even with the the Mets. Well, but I know. But even with where the (laughs) but even with the Phillies improvements with Wheeler and Gregorius and maybe and a full year of Harper being comfortable and everything. This still feels like a third or fourth place team right now. Kev, I, I, don't, I can't argue with you on that. I mean, I think you have to put the Braves and the Nationals, although the Nationals losing Rendon did hurt Hurts. them. I mean, big time offensively. But that, um, that three they can throw every yeah. day. Or, and, and there's the hangover, no too. Yeah. I think sometimes no there's a hangover. The hangover too. Yeah. But I do think the Braves legitimately, I mean, to me, they're still the favorite to win the division. I, even though the, the Nationals won the World Series, the Braves are, to me, the favorite to win the division. Um, and, and I don't think that, you know, you, you can sugarcoat it all you want, but I think going in, that's all part of the apprehension, I think, mm-hmm. because you look at those teams and you say, all right, well, the Nationals lost Rendon, but they're still, they still got a pretty good pitching rotation. Yeah. The Braves, although they lost Dallas Keuchel, they got Cole Hamels. So, you know, and they lost Josh Donaldson, but they got Ozuna and they can move, you know, the move green to, to third base and and they uh, and some of these teams are going to be in play for bryant too at some point no you doubt. would think no doubt or, so or yeah Arenado. i think that's yeah. or yeah or Arenado. i mean uh, boy i would love to have him why do you want um, him come on oh, come man, on tom hey, you know we it's so funny we were talking last year they're like who's the better third base with rendon and or, or Arenado? who would you rather have i said either I don't care. I'd rather I take any. I take either one of them. I well, mean, you know what? Serious. Maybe the guy the Phillies have coming up at some point turns into the next something, guy. Something close to that, or maybe the pitcher. Maybe he does. Yeah, yeah. or maybe Howard turns Tom, into the pitcher. Tom, do I, I? I think you guys had that conversation with Schmitty, correct, on the air at one time about between Rendon uh, and Arenado. We could have. I, I I can't remember what he said because he loves Arenado, but I think he, did he say Rendon? I think he said Rendon because Rendon has had experience playing in bigger games. Yeah. It, it, that could be. I mean, I, I know he loves Arenado, and Arenado loves him. I mean, they they have this, you know, obviously this kinship because of being really good third baseman and defensive third baseman. Um, yeah, I don't know. I take either one of them. Though. Tom, short of playoffs, which is obviously what everybody would like to see, what would constitute a successful season for this team? Boy, Mike, that's a good question. I, I think playoffs. That that's a, that is it. I mean, it's. Okay. I know short of it. You can say, well, you know, win eighty, win ninety games, because maybe that doesn't get you to the postseason. I don't know. Um, obviously, we can say keep showing progress, but I, I think, I, I think you have to. I mean, you have to make the playoffs. Yeah, and there's so much, pr- and there's so much pressure right now on Andy McPhail, Matt Clintac. I mean, yeah, you know, sure jo- there is. Joe, Joe sure is, is. Joe's going to be here long term. Those two yeah. are the ones who had the most at stake this year, whether this team makes the playoffs or not. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see how he manages. I really, I mean, he's he's been really good on these tours that we go on. Um, 
I just think that he's going to add something that we may not have had the last couple of years. Tom, I'll throw two quick college basketball questions at you. One, I mean, you, you see the national landscape more, but, uh, you know, obviously living around here. How good is Villanova, you think, going forward? And how good is Dayton really coming out of the A-10, well, perhaps? I, I think Dayton's really good, Kev. I'll take them first. I, I think that they um, they can be a Final Four team in the same vein as the, as the Jameer Nelson St. Joseph team was uh, his last year playing for Phil. I mean, they got to the Elite Eight. They didn't make the Final Four. There's a lot of luck, obviously, that's involved in getting to the Final Four, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Obi Toppin kid is he's a, really good. He's, only, <laughs> he's really good. Um, not only is he a really good player on the floor, but he's tremendous to talk to off the floor. But I think the key to them is the Jalen Crutcher kid, the point guard. I mean, he's superb. Uh, and I think that he adds so much to that team. They're fun to watch. Anthony Grant doesn't give you a whole lot when you talk to him. He's pretty intense, uh, but I like them a lot. Uh, Villanova, I think, is still young. And as Jay said, even after the other day, after playing Seton Hall, he goes, listen, we didn't, Seton Hall just played better than we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that offensively, if they get clogged in the middle, like they were the other day, that may hamper them. But I still think that they haven't played their best defense yet. On a consistent, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I'll see them on Wednesday against Marquette. I have that game on radio. Right. Um, to me, they're still a threat. There's no doubt they're still a threat. But I, I think the Big East is really. I mean, Seton Hall is really good. Butler's I mean, good. Really yeah. good. And Creighton's Butler's not really bad. Good. Creighton's not bad and either. Creighton's not bad. Yeah. And, and so. the thing is too, when when Nova, all these young guys, and I don't think you would have expected Gillespie to take the step up that he did this year. I mean, everybody kind no. of viewed him as nice player, but he's become huge for them in just setting the tone, kind of no, like Archie Diakono did. No doubt. I, I think I watched it. I watched the the um, the Seton Hall game because I was doing the day. I was doing a Dayton uh, Dayton game against St. Louis the other day when the Seton Hall game was on, uh, at least part of it. So I watched it again on uh, Monday morning. Uh, and he just reminds me, I know he didn't play great against Seton Hall. You know, he was, uh, he and, uh, he and, uh, Jerome were combined 0 for 8 from beyond the arc. Um, but man, he does look like, he looks like Arch in some ways. He really does. does. Tom Tom McCarthy, who will be before he goes Yeah, better place to go Dayton or Richmond. Well, <laughs> Since you're going to be in both of them. Well, so so Dayton Dayton is the better arena. Yes, but yes. I do like going to Richmond as a town. There, yes. There's a there's some great barbecue places. What's it? Ned's something in Ned's barbecue. Everything comes back to food for you. Well, why not? The guy should get a good meal out of it. I mean, in, in all seriousness, guys. I mean, Buzz and Ned's. Everything come back to food for all of us. That's true. <laughs> exactly. Tom Tom will soon be the ringleader with Murph and Crocker and. Yeah. And Ben, and are, are you getting Schmitty and J-Roll back too? Schmitty and J-Roll will be back again in some, I don't know what their schedule is yet, but yeah, they'll be back too. It, it, it'll be fun. It's always fun every summer. Tom, thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Safe, uh, safe travels, travels, pal. Thanks, See you guys. Thanks, Tom. Tom McCarthy joining us here on. Uh, He's a busy guy. He is. He And and I mentioned. God, yeah. does he yeah. do, he'll do the NCAA tournament too, right? I'm. I Assuming think he'll probably do the first weekend. First weekend, okay. maybe in maybe because it's going to be in Tampa. Okay, so yeah. oh, well, if it's in, it Tampa, would make sense sure. for him to be in Tampa. Although, look, Gary Cohen does stuff for Westfield One 
And maybe Gary will want Tampa. Although they're over on the East Coast, so maybe maybe it doesn't matter. So you could do like the four. So four games will be in Tampa on a yeah. Thursday and a. Or Actually, Gary Cohen, if I'm not mistaken, is the voice of Seton Hall. So maybe Gary Gary will not. Oh, the, the Mets announcer. They'll be somewhere. Sure. Yeah, I don't yeah. know where. Maybe it'll be in Tampa. They could Who be, the hell knows? They could be in Albany too. Uh, that would seem like a more logical spot, but you know. What the Villanova's doing kind of right now is maybe we're so used to them going to Buffalo, Providence. I'm missing one place. There's got to be another place where they Pittsburgh. go. Pittsburgh. They may be playing. But, you know, you said they're still 15th. 15th with a three-game losing streak. Michigan State just dropped out of the top 20. Oh, they, they're on a three-game losing streak. First time since Kentucky in 14, I believe, the preseason number one. Meanwhile, number 13. The Nittany Lions. Hey, look. They're having... <laughs> we got to get Jonesy on on this here's one. The, here's the question people should probably start. Well, don't ask it now, but, you, you know, where's Pat coaching next year? Because, and I and maybe he wants to... Look, you know, I, I hate to say the guy, like, but th- that would be the kind of thing if they win a couple games in the tournament, uh, they could finish first in the Big Ten in the standings, like in the regular season. Yeah. They could be the top seed. Somebody you would figure somewhere might come calling, and then I guess Pat's got to figure. Hey, you know, I mean, he's been there like ten years now, right? Yeah, but this will be his first tournament. Almost so. ten years. No, they were in eleven. He was the coach, wasn't no. he? Oh, he was still at BU. Mm-hmm. That's right, because he left filling over after the Final Four in '09. Um, okay, but That's, but you know how that works, Kevin. Oh, yeah, I mean, I know. you know, somebody okay, somewhere. I mean, like maybe I don't know. Like, there's another Big Ten. Is that like if another like I'm just throwing a name out there. I don't mean this as this, as the, but like if in Indiana, we're in need of a coach, which I don't think they are. But and called you, do you sit there in Happy Valley and say, hmm? Or like I'm trying to figure out like what's where would the moves be? I don't know. Big East, ACC. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 just I mean, is if the, like an NC is the State Big East or... better than the Big Ten? I don't think so. No. no. You know, I don't, and and none of the jobs you probably want would be open unless, like, the Xavier coach goes somewhere. And by the way, let me get back to Tom for one second. Sure, I know some people because it, we talked about it, replacing a legend and everything, mm-hmm. and there are people who get, you know, have their opinions on Tom. However, if you meet him, oh, yeah. is the nicest person well, you just in heard this business. Was what you know, and there are times I'll I'll be quite honest, and I there are times when I think it's hard. They they get a little homerish, but that's all. Not, but no, that, no, 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 no. Right. But like, like I don't need somebody telling me in the ninth inning this would be a great time for a grand slam because we're down four. I, I, I like that's what a color analyst saying, that, right? By the way. But what I'm saying is, but they sign your paychecks. Yeah. If somebody was if signing my paycheck, you know, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, like if Temple was signing my paycheck and I'm on the air doing Temple, I'm I'm probably going to be a little bit more. But I think. The guys that are really, really good, and I think Tom does a pretty good job, is keeping it level. Not quite that way. Yeah. You know, it's hard. It's not easy. Uh, you're talking to fans. They 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 want the Phillies to hit the Grand Slam, too. Yeah. And and I think it's, it's you're trying to play. Yeah. Television is also a different. I, you it know, is. everybody compares it. Television is such a different thing and, because and, you had the director. Yeah. Who tells you what you need to write? And he's going from doing he's going from doing the Phillies to doing all this the the, the basketball. They're they're not even similar. I mean, no. it's different. That's why I think Fransky works so well on. Like I don't know how he would be on TV. On radio, he's perfect, right? And he's got the perfect foible with him half the time now. Well, and actually, Franz and Franz and developed and know pretty good foible on the other half too. Oh yeah, oh, 
yeah, I. But I think that's why people, I, and and that's where I think Merle always, he's not afraid to criticize the Eagles. Merle like sometimes also, Merle also seventy plus years old, and Merle exactly. Is the, but, and there's times when Tom will say, "Hey, you know what?" And, and whoever wasn't come, a great play, and, by and you say. mentioned whoever comes in and replaces Merrill, right? Oh, they're oh, not oh. going to get close to the same level of rope that Merle. Oh gets. no, no, no! It's a different world. It's now. a different world. I mean, and I'm I'm sure, like you know, I mean, when Harry was there and Richie, they could do whatever they wanted to. I mean, what? What was somebody going to say? Yeah. Harry, you goofed up. R- Richie, he shouldn't have said that. I mean, come on. We loved him. Yeah. It, it's uh, Gene Hart, even going back further. Because I bet, wait, 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 how Gene, long has it been since Gene hasn't done it? 30 Gene, years? 95 was the last time Gene So did 25 it. years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jimmy, you know, and, and when new guys come in, it does take a while for them to kind of grow on you. It does. It, it's just, you know, first and time you, you hear see him, some, you know, And you see some market towards a rotating door. Think mm-hmm. about Tom McGinnis. And zoom off. Have done it for Philadelphia's always been well, like that, Kevin. You know that. We we've always had guys forever. We yeah. do. I mean, even think about think about even. I, I hate saying this. This sounds like think about the second banana guy, like any Musser. Any Musser was with the Phillies forever as the second guy behind Harry. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, I mean we had Bill Campbell forever doing several different things. Yeah, but he was like. You know, and I mean, we don't go through, and maybe other towns are like that too. I mean, a lot of other towns have had guys that were like their Harry Callis, mm-hmm. you know, or their Tom McCarthy, or, or you know, I, I think we've just been lucky in this town. I, I said this, and, and like covering the colleges, and you covered the colleges with yep. me. Most of the guys we dealt with over the years, and they tend to last a long time too, but they're good guys. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Glenn Miller came in, that didn't work out real well. And okay. Steve Adazio. Steve Adazio was here two years, and and yeah, but but think about like that's two guys in, right. in like forty years. I did it that I and all the other guys: Bobby Wallace, Bruce Arians, Matt Rule, uh, Al Golden. I mean, come on! Yep. <laughs> I mean, for teams, it stunk. <laughs> One final note before we get off college athletics and get to Shushgate. Uh, Temple announced today that they have extended their lease at the link. Yeah, what happened to that stadium? For five years yeah. with another option for another five yeah. after that. It ain't going to happen. The stadium is dead. Well, no matter what, Nardo the, wrote, our buddy Nardo he, wrote, he wrote what he had to write. The which is Temple still interested in. Yes, and the price, like I said two years ago. Price when is I, going up. I had a guy who's really good, knows what he's talking about, told me, how old is this story? Like three years? Four yeah, but there was a point there where he said to me, Mike, shovels will be in the ground. I think the word was October. So maybe that was like eight months out, six months, whatever it was. And this was like two years ago, at least. And I'm like, okay, because he knew what he was talking about. And he was pretty, the price, ta- they can't, first of all, you have to get all the permission slips, which the, the, the neighborhood the doesn't, want doesn't want it. want it. Okay. And now in Nardo's story today, he talked about building it somewhere else on campus, like maybe not there which maybe isn't a bad idea. Like at one time, William Penn High School was mentioned as... Yeah, down on... A little further down, and there's land there, and you wouldn't be... And and that, to me, made a little bit of sense. Um, Where they want to put it is just kind of like... It cuts 15th Street off, which is not going to happen. It's a major artery. But the the reason they want to do this is so kids will roll out of bed in the dorms and go to games. That's basically the premise. Um, I don't think the fans that go to the, the link want it want to go to Temple. You know, parking at the link's easy. It's the offering. You know, it and it, it just. 
But the price tag is going to like, you know, I think, what was it, two years? Temple's original thing was $125 million, which was already outdated by the time. So we were thinking like close to two. Mm-hmm. When I was three years ago. It's just, it's a union town. It's Phil, it's Philadelphia. I'm guessing two fifty or more. Probably three. Yeah, but if you take it five years down the road, or maybe another five. And look, I think playing. I get what they're trying to do. I understand it, but I think playing at the link has advantages. Yeah, it does. Not in the crowd, maybe. Like what? I mean, you look around. Okay, the stadium's half empty or whatever. But I think kids come down there and look at the Lincoln. You're say, playing in NFL Stadium. Yes, it hasn't hurt Pitt. It well, hasn't hurt. Well, they're Pitt. not doing too good. But I know what you're saying. But, I, I mean, know what you're saying. Pitt's also in a better league. Yeah, but I mean, I think Temple's vision was if they build a 35,000 seat stadium, and there was a couple that they were kind of modeling themselves after. I'm try, right. trying to remember the teams. Be- but, uh, Rice and, and yeah, there was another Houston. one. I think at one point maybe Akron. I'm, I'm trying to remember when they were. You in know the, what the Temple Stadium will eventually get used for. An XFL franchise, because that's where they, if you look with the exception of the Meadowlands. But not if it's five years off. It's not. No. It's if, not. Now if you're it talking, you're, you're talking like mid 2020s. Yeah. And probably beyond. And the Eagles probably are charging them too much money. Um, But I'm not but looking at. shame on the Eagles. Well, but I don't know this. Like, I would have to sit in a room and they would have to sit and say, this is why we charge what we charge. Um, because yeah, you would sit there and go, yeah, shame on the Eagles because they should take care of it. Because it's a state building. It's a state built. I, I understand all that. But building. then they should have written that in when it was built. They should have written in a clause that says Temple can play here and this is what you're going to charge them. And maybe they get like a, you get a 10% increments every right. so often. But basically the Eagles can do what they want. And I remember when the Temple president, the old president who's not there anymore. Theo. Theo. No, not, no. The guy after, the guy from Indiana. Okay. Um, I can't remember his name. God, I sat down with him. I should talking about this very thing. When he came out and basically called the Eagles liars or, or words to that effect, like they were holding us hostage. The Eagles got real upset about that. Yeah, I remember did. Don Smolinski came out and hmm. basically called the guy a liar. Now, I don't think, I don't know Don Smolinski, but I don't think he would do that. I know Don, and I don't think Don would, would do, do that. that if he wasn't. Now, why well, the Eagles? Do, do, I think there was a, do I think there was an era where an Eagles president would hold them up for? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think there was a time when that. They wanted to get maybe less events there to, to keep the And it goes back to Jeff, ultimately, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, if Jeff wanted to do it, Jeff. Do you, so you think the issue is more that they don't want things there? Messing up their field, field, even though they're making millions of dollars. That basically, if you're going to pay, you're going to help pay for our upkeep. I got you. Okay. And, and to be honest, it's, I mean, you know, look, you, they have one parking lot that's open. On a Temple game. Ah, uh, Kevin, they treat, Just the they treat them open. like third-class citizens when they're there. And for people that don't understand, because Kevin and I are talking about something that maybe, you know, it's not on top of everybody's mind. When the Temple plays there, the Eagles logo is often at... Yeah, set, they've gotten better at painting it onto the right. field now. But there, but are, it, there are rules, that, though. That's only if the Eagles don't have a game the next right. day. If the Eagles are playing on a Sunday afternoon, let's yeah. say, Temple cannot play a Saturday game I think unless it's like a noon game. Yeah. So if if the ACK wants to put them in the 7.30 window, win marquee game, they can't do that. Right. And um, that's a problem. I mean, that was a problem when they were in the MAC and they were in the, the big it, – it's been a problem forever. Temple wants control over that. Yeah. 
Is it worth it for Temple to spend $250 million? And I've heard Temple people have told me, you know, on paper, it does make sense. Because right. we're going to make our money back, do this, do that. I don't know. Do you want to see them build a stadium? No. Because I'm, see, my fear. I'll be honest. You know where they should be playing? Franklin Field. Yeah, but that's all. That's other issues. There, there, there's all other issues that go with I that. I understand. Pen isn't giving Penn it to them. Pen isn't giving it to them no, for cheap either. But. My whole point is, if they can do it without increasing tuitions for kids, you know, if you were sending your good kid, luck on that one. Well, that see, that's my biggest problem. So, if let's say kids now are paying fifteen, I'm just throwing out a number. It's probably in the vicinity. And five years from now, because they build a stadium, kids' parents are paying seventeen five. That's not right. No. You're right. And that's my biggest fear. When we come back, we'll talk. This is Kevin Cooney, and I want to tell you about a great new way to get advertisers on your podcast. It's called Podcorn, the marketplace that connects podcasters with amazing opportunities to make some money. We're using it here at Work of the Beat, and it is awesome. Simply browse the advertisers right on Podcorn's platform, Set your own rates, talk to the brands directly without any exclusivity clauses. And the best part of all, there's no middleman. Podcore is there at every step of the way, ensuring that you are protected and compensated for the work that you do. Are you interested? Well, you should be. Well, hit the podcorn.com. That's P-O-D-C-O-R-N.com. Or check out the show notes for a link to their website. That's podcorn.com. And welcome back here to Work on the Beat. I'm Kevin Cooney, along with Mike Kern. As we turn to the story that everybody wants to talk about in this city, and that's after two straight wins. You know, the Sixers have turned two straight wins at home into a controversy somehow because of what happened with Al Horford on Friday night. And then last on Sunday night, Joel Embiid hits a three that pretty much seals the game against Chicago, who's awful, by the way. It's they a are. three. They didn't the, cover either. They didn't. Co- they missed covering by like a point. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. See, I got to pay attention to that now. Yeah. Because of the betters insider thing. Um, so they didn't cover. And Embiid, after hitting a three to put him up eight and pretty much sealed the game with, I think it was about 85 or maybe 70 seconds left or whatever. Uh, Embiid puts his finger to his lips, says, shush, you know, sure. And um, then tells people to shut the blank up. Um, I know we tend to make bigger deals out of this story. Really? We do? We do. Wow, um, I would have never guessed that. Uh, what did you think of that last night? Well, Here's the number one rule if you're a player. You can't win a feud with the fans. You can't. It would be like me. I used to say this before. I'm just using this again. Let's say a ra- a guy on radio was, I was having a feud with him. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't like something I wrote. He went on the air and said something. I ain't winning that thing. No, you're not. Because he's getting the last word. But once again, who are we dealing with? Yeah, You're dealing with a kid, basically, who's an immensely talented kid who is never not going to be a kid. So he got criticized, rightfully or wrongly. I mean, I'm not. I don't know if his fingers bother him. I don't, you know, the Sixers played well without him. I mean, I still think he's one of the top 10 players in the league. Maybe not right now as we're talking this moment, this season. Um, But why? But like Al Horford, yo, Al, you're supposed to be the veteran 
steadying presence. And, you know, it hasn't worked out. I, t- I told you, we talked about this. When they signed Arietta, mm-hmm. we were, I said, I don't like that. I understood why the Phillies did it. When the Sixers signed Horford, I thought it was all, it was just weird for what they needed on their team. And it was like, well, we're going to hurt the Celtics. We're going to have a backup for Embiid because we don't know if he's going to play 82 games. Right. But you're getting a guy who's a little older. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the contract, and to, but but right now you 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 haven't figured out like how to use him, or he hasn't figured out how to fit in one or the other. I don't. Know. But it's all, it's like yeah, we lost four straight games. We were horrible. People were criticizing us, and now we came home and beat the Grizz and the Bulls. Okay, <laughs> I mean the Grizz were playing really good. I can't knock that, but they were favored by like eight or nine in each game. I yeah. Mean, yeah. They are 24 and two at home, home, which is, which is commendable. I mean, that's as commendable as, as the road record is hard, you know, inexplicable. You know, I, I think here's the thing, and this is something we talked about last Thursday when we talked about the Sixers and, and everything and the crisis. And at that point, and whether you believe it's an actual crisis and this goes from players, to ownership to everything. It's the idea of creating, it's the optics and it's the creating the the unnecessary drama that I think they've created with stuff like this. Been beats on this his whole career, kind of. Yeah. I mean, they get in arguments all the time on pardon the interruption because... Horford, Horford though, is not a guy who had that reputation. Oh, no, I know. But he's the guy that came out, like on pardon the interruption, Michael Wilbon always takes Embiid's side that it's good for the league. Yeah, right. and and Tony looks at him and says, "Like no, like shut up and play." I think there's a happy medium, but when Al came out, was it? La- I guess it was like last week, and said, "Yeah, there's issues in the locker room, but I'm not going to get into them." How can you, you just say that? did? <laughs> Don't say that. I know. Don't say that. Even if you have to lie to the reporter and you know you're not going to give them the answer, but you can't say that and then not. Well, and th- and now apparently. There were some things that went on in Boston last year that people were now questioning. Yeah, and I don't look. I he seems like a good guy. I I, I get just I watched him from afar. He always played well against Embiid when he was on yeah, the Celts. Um, but the Sixers. Don't, so what happens here? Let's say I don't know. Let's say they lose to the Clips on Wednesday, right? I think that's your next game. Uh, Clips tomorrow at home night. tomorrow night. Last game before the. Let's say right? Joel plays not well. He's going to get booed. Let's say he throws up an air ball from three or. Do the fans then like, like how do if you're a fan, how do you react? And here's the other thing with him. And why do you even want to get into that um, that pissing yeah, match? You know, can I say I, pissing? I, yeah, you can say. I just it. did it. Okay. You just did. Here's the thing. I said bullshit last show. So. I know. I um, know. here's the thing with Embiid. One, this town has been overwhelmingly in love with the guy since he walked in the door, here. and I think the league in general. Yeah, I mean. But I'm saying from, right. but they see him as a um, likable. For years, he was a likable guy. We don't have enough of that. Like right. we don't have enough guys like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, he had a lot of goodwill, and whether he completely trashed it, you or think not, his heart's in the right place. I mean, I I would say if you ask me, I think his heart's in the right, right. place. But now he's looking as. Overly yeah. sensitive. He's looking like a little bit of rabbit ears. Yep. Look, this team just looked like crap on the road. Mm-hmm. He looked like crap on the road. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's nothing that a couple games wouldn't 
take the stink off of yep. if they play well. And, you know, Joel has to kind of become a big boy here, okay? And, and suck it up. Say what you want but about how Ben. Long hold on, been, hold how long on. have you been saying that? But say what you want about Ben Simmons. I get Ben Simmons as stubborn as the day is long about the jumper and all right. that. Yeah. Ben Simmons has been criticized a lot in this town, a lot mm-hmm. more than Embiid has. And you haven't heard for different reasons, though. Right. And you haven't heard Ben Simmons say one negative word. Not one. Now, the only he, bad part he, he said came was, out with the soft. Well, but that, that was towards his team. Right, but but the uh, And the he did problem. say one thing at the playoffs. I take that back. He take, said one thing at the playoffs mm-hmm. of, if you're going to be with us, be with yeah. us. If not, you're not. Yeah. You I, know? I think what Ben should have said last week was, we were soft, including me. Yeah. Just threw that in. Now, maybe he meant it like that. Um, But you have... I, I agree with everything you're saying. I'm not... And I want to like Joel Embiid. I, I want, I, I, I do. I mean, that's the process. I, and I, I wouldn't trade him because of this. But that's I, the process. You're, that's, you're looking at the process. He is the process. Ben was part of it too. But Joel was the one, when we got him, it was like, okay. We got him, even though we had to wait like two years, years three years. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 you can't throw it back in people's faces. I mean, did he get, like, what was the criticism during the four-game losing streak? I mean, I didn't read stories that said, Embiid sucks. Uh, I mean, know, they weren't at home. And, and, and here's the Were thing. fans booing him? I think fans booed the other night a little bit. The, the game against the Grizzlies. Against he didn't play very well. Then he sat out the second half, right, with, um, with, the, with the neck, neck or something. Right, but this also could go back to the Shaq comments and the Barkley comments. But yeah, if you have a problem with Shaq I, I, and Barkley, yeah, take it up no, with Shaq and Barkley. No, no, no. Yeah, and it's it's just like about two weeks ago when he was saying um, he's very cryptic sometimes. Yeah, you got having he, fun. Well, and, and that, well, that's evident. Yeah. But he said something about sacrificing. You know, and which and, took a was a little dig at Simmons. Well, if but I don't know that because he didn't say that. Maybe to dig at the coach. Maybe to I don't know what it's to dig at. But it's almost like he's saying, yeah, I go out to the perimeter. Sometimes because the middle. No, I think he likes going to the perimeter because half the time he can't run up and down the court. Right. Well, because the distance Kareem Abdul-Jabbar didn't run up and down the court every single time. Mm-hmm. Big guys can't. I'm not sure if Akeem Olajuwon, who ran as well as any big man, I'm not sure if he always meant. But but there's got to be Ben, Joel, and the rest of the team have to figure this out. I mean, whether it's this year whether it's next year, because the worst part of this is if people sat through the process mm-hmm. and nothing and all ever end up comes of it. Second round team, no, not even that. But you don't end up with a championship. Like it, you may, maybe you make an Eastern Conference final, or maybe. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you got to Mike, a couple NBA Mike, finals and didn't win, Mike, if you don't get to, if you don't get to an East final, which. Look, if we're talking that they could break some of this up at the at the end of the offseason, yeah, there's I, no guarantee. Yeah, but I'm I I got I don't it, think I, they're going to break I it up. Let but, it play out though. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Giannis is back in Milwaukee. I, I you don't know what's going to happen. I'm just saying for right now, this this thing could have three, four, five, six more years to run. I don't know this, but if at some point when it's over, mm-hmm. whenever that is, they might have a couple championships. Who the hell knows? You might get a new coach in here. It might work out. How the hell do I know? But I'm just saying, for the people who sat through the process, they made it sound like it was a done deal. And this was the year they were pointing to, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to the finals. 
because the Bucks ain't anything, because they play in Milwaukee. You know what? The Bucks are pretty good. Now, whether the Bucks are going to be pretty good in the last weeks of May, I don't know. They weren't good enough against Toronto last year. But the Sixers, now the worry is <laughs> the Sixers are going to play them. It's, can they get there? Yeah. And that's or the scary they'll get part. There, or they'll get there in, you know, they'll get there in one, you know, in the second round as opposed to the East Final, so. Well, yeah, you're, what you're saying is they're four to five seed, which, yeah, I mean, a lot of things could happen. But it, I'm just saying there was so much optimism at the start of this year. And and unlike the Phillies last year, I mean, there was optimism about the Phillies, but we kind of knew they weren't winning a World Series. And they probably, but there, there was real live with the Sixers. Hey, if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, they can beat Milwaukee. And once you're in the Finals, yeah. you know, you can win. Why? I mean, I'm not saying they'd be favored against LeBron or the Clippers. Uh, or Denver, or, or or Utah, or whomever. But people now are like, I suffered through three years for this. Yeah. You know, and not, and look, like I said, you, you went from 10 wins to back-to-back 50. It's not like they haven't become relevant, which I guess was the, 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 the first part of tanking. Now the second part is let's have parades. Um... And I said to people, I said, the toughest part isn't going from the 10 to the 50. It's going from the 50-some to a parade. Yeah, That's the tougher part. Um, and we'll see. I mean, you know, maybe, there's a, maybe somebody flips a switch and life becomes good. I mean, they do have two months to go yet yeah. in the season, but it's just hard. And like you, you, you always say, and you're not wrong, I, I think – the optics just are like this is unnecessary. Why did he have to do that? There's no good reason, is there? No, but because he can. That's, that's why he exactly did. why you do it. And right. you know, is it is it the end of the world? No, it's not. I mean, like he won't be the first athlete who screwed up like this. It's not. You know, I, nobody nobody got hurt. And, and did he explain himself? I read a couple of stories. It was not. But, it was not really comfortable. No. What was he trying to say from what you kind of gathered? Um, was he taking like responsibility? Like I, I shushed him or he at first went like, uh, I'm trying to think of the way to phrase it. At first he's like, oh, I was talking to myself. Then he pretty much was like, you know, Hey, I'm going to be the vil- like basically a wrestling heel. So that's where he was. And that's so when he, he goes one for 11, it's supposed to be like the old Cub fans were at Wrigley Field and just just clap and cheer and 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 I'm not saying look I'm not I'm not a booing guy no I, I never I was get a it. booing guy guy goes one for eleven but he's an all star player okay now if he goes one for eleven four times in two weeks yeah okay it's like Mike Schmidt striking out the four times right and then hitting a home run and then Mike got Mike would Mike did the same thing. Right. Why were they booing me when I struck out four times? Well, okay, Mike, Mike but this is the way it goes. You're the greatest third baseman in the history of the game, and but we're Philadelphia. All right, so before we go, okay, back to baseball for one second. It's a story by Joel Sherman in the New York uh, Post right now. Is he good? I mean, Joel, you, you well, yeah. Okay, I'll take your word for it. MLB yeah. is seriously weighing a move from five to seven playoff teams in each league beginning in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um. The story begins. Imagine a team picking its playoff opponent. Think about Brian Cashman and the Yankees deciding whether to face the Red Sox or avoid him in the first round of the postseason on live television. It's probably coming soon to MLB. 
MLB is seriously weighing a move from five to seven for each league in 2022. In this concept, team with the best record in each league will receive a bye to avoid the wild card round, go right to the division series. The other two division winners and wild cards with the next best record will each host the next three games of the possible best of three wild card rounds. So the bottom three wild cards would have no first round home games. Okay. The division winner with the second best record in the league would then get first pick of its opponent from those lower three wild cards. Then the other division winner would get would pick leaving the last two wild cards to play each other. I have first of all, I don't want anybody picking who they play. That's bullshit. You don't <laughs> you don't say to the Yankees, it's current unplugged right now. You don't say <laughs> you don't put teams in a position where they have to pick an opponent that then the opponent can say, oh, the Yankees picked us? No, you don't do that. You just have a way of doing it where if the Yankees finish with the best record, they get the team with the worst record. That's the way you do it. I'll buy. Now, does it shorten the regular season? Are they still playing 162 uh, I'm games? I'm looking at that, no. Because, okay, so now you're playing into November. Unless you're gonna begin going in to March. start in March. So, no. I don't I, I don't have a problem with the seven team, although you are now taking half the teams in Major League Baseball. So you're becoming close to hockey and baseball. You're fourteen teams out of thirty, right? Yeah. Yeah. That that to me strikes as like let's let another bad team in. It's basically trying to lure more T V money coming sure. out of it. Fox, Everything's about Fox has signed through twenty twenty eight to be the home of the World yeah. Series to division series. So if Fox LCS. said to Major League Baseball, we'll give you an extra trillion, whatever. Let's let everybody in. Like like this this thing the NBA is gonna do now, like with this in season tournament, tournament, it's just an excuse to give teams that suck a chance to maybe do something. And I don't understand why we've it's going back to like Every kid gets a trophy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. This is pro sports. This <laughs> is like, you know, but I don't want to have Brian Cashman or somebody at the Yankees or so, or, because you know what happens then? They'll get beat and somebody say, yeah, yeah, the Yankees want us now. Yeah. No, 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 no. If they want to do that and have the team with the best record plays, you know, you reshuffle. The team with the worst record yeah. gets, you know, that's who you get. Hey, fine. Whatever, I don't, you know. Um, but hey, you know, they're, they're, they're all trying something because they're all trying to do something to and play all. Hey, we all want to watch playoff games more than we want to watch regular. See, I, you know, I, Craig, the NFL comes around. Yeah, it's playoff time. You know, most of the games, me, I remember like a couple years ago. Remember like when the Bears beat the Vikings mm-hmm. and they could have like lost. Because and, and when you allow teams to kind of determine fates like that, you know, you know what this I'm all not a big fan of, of that. This reeks of a commissioner that really doesn't have an idea on how to get his game back on track. This reeks of a commissioner that, quite honestly, doesn't really like the game. Part of the game's history, or part of the game's appeal, is its history. It's already kind of been damaged a little bit with the wild card playing game, where 162 se- game season has been reduced to. Well, a, some people love it. I mean, the whole history, sports are going to, yeah, look, look at what the XFL is trying to do. There's like 50 things that they're trying to do. I do love the kickoff. And then the, but, but they should just get rid of the kickoff. The kickoff has been so devalued because you don't want players to get hurt. And I understand that. That's where players get hurt. So just get rid of it. Have a rule like if a team scores a touchdown, let's say they get the kickoff from the 40. I don't know, whatever. 
Team gets a field goal, they got to kick off from the 30. You, 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 maybe you build some advantage in, but it, to me, just get rid of it. Punt returns are the same thing anymore. Whoever returns a punt, what happens on 80% of the punt returns? Flag. Or a flag. No, it's a flag. Somebody always blocks somebody in the back. It, it, it happens, I, I guarantee yeah. it happens on 50% of the punts at least. So just, but that's football. That's football as we knew it 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago. But they're changing it. They're, you know, you can't run up. You can't. Onside kicks have basically been taken out of the game. Yeah. I, so they, so sports do change. And they change mostly because of either health or money. That's the two reasons why they're going to make changes. Mm-hmm. Um, if baseball wants to go, if baseball thinks it's improving itself by having half the teams in the playoffs, I'm okay. But don't let the Yankees choose who they want to play. Um. This idea, I think, would be much better if they said we're going to go to 154 game season, but that ain't going to happen ain't because happen. then they're giving money back. Yeah, and um, they're know, they're, I mean, they're teetering on a disaster here. It won't be a disaster. No, it, but like life, with weather, you're talking about going in the November and everything. The well, weather in the November now. Well, I mean, deep, deep. November. What are you adding? You you'd be adding another another week at least. Well, half a week. It, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, close to a week. So they could, but but Kevin, people twenty five years from now, like, like whatever, they'll be sitting. They won't even have remembrances of what like we remember. No, I know. So you see all sports that like I don't like the shootouts in hockey. Like mm-hmm. to me, that's goofy. It's it's not part of the sport. Um, but sports change, and the reason why they change is they're trying to appeal to a different audience than us. Yeah, they're trying to appeal to young people who don't care about. What Ty Cobb did, or Babe Ruth did, or Joe DiMaggio did, or whatever, um, and that's inevitable. And when TV networks throw money on the table, nobody ever turns it away. Not you know, not even close. And yeah, look, do we turn down money? I mean, seriously. If, no, if that's true. Somebody came up to me tomorrow and said, "Hey, Mike, we're going to give you you know, hundred thousand dollars to do this." I'm going to say, "Nah, nah, you know, that's not nah, not really because that's not me." It's Christ, I, I'd be running. Like, I'd be, you know, how fast can I get there? <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I mean, look, we all know. How, how would you make sports better? You'd have less teams, mm-hmm. which, of course, would mean jobs would be eliminated. The, right. the players' associations aren't going to go for that. Um, but, but sports would be better if you had less teams. Yeah. Um, hockey would be better if you had, like, a 50-60 game season. Yeah. Because then you would care about the games in November. Yeah. Uh, um, that one year, what was it? Forty-four game sprint. Yeah, thirty-eight, forty-four. It was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, everybody said it. It was awesome. Um, you know, I mean, if I'm the team that's getting in the playoffs, you know, if I'm that, so what is it now? It's five, right? It's five. So yeah, if if I'm one of the two teams that that makes the playoffs, like I'm sure in Philadelphia, we'd be thrilled if we were the seventh team one year. If we hadn't been in the playoffs in a while, hey, let's get in. And maybe we'll get lucky like the Nats got last year. Yeah, we'll, we'll catch. Yeah, but now you're aiming that you could have a 79-80 win team perhaps be the. That's, well, that'd be stretching a little bit, but you're right in a really bad year. Um, well, like what a year with the American League last what year. What would have been the seventh team last year? Did you, I mean. Did uh, you, I'll look this up. Who got, uh, who who just missed last year? It was, it was the, um, the Cubs, right? The Cubs were in it. The Cubs missed out till the end. And what would have been the seventh team? Okay, hold on. The Mets. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm just curious now. Uh, yeah, the, the American League, the Indians would have been one of the teams, right? I'm yeah. pretty sure. 
by the way, while, while we're at this, the an XFL coach got fired today. <laughs> Pepper Johnson. What did he do? Just the former giant linebacker? No. Pepper uh, Johnson. No. Uh, a pep. I'm sorry, Pepper. No, defense Ride. coordinator. Pepper is something like okay, that. That's okay. Uh, what do you do? He, he, he just didn't, he didn't for poor bread. for poor. Yeah. How about they are like blatant? By the way, about like the gambling aspect of that with uh, you know with it, what do you mean blatant? I don't blatant. Blatant. Oh, blatant? Yeah. Sure. Well, why won't you? Because it gets people to watch. Are you going to watch an XFL game if you don't have money on the uh, Orlando, whatever the hell they're called, Dragon Slayers? Or I, nah. I mean, come on. That's why I don't watch. But, all right. So last year in the National League. You're, Who were six and seven. All right. Well, your your division champions are Braves, Cardinals, Dodgers. Yeah. Washington. Washington and Milwaukee. And Milwaukee. Right. The, Milwaukee was 89 right. wins. The Mets were 86. Mm-hmm. The Cubs were 84. And the Diamondbacks. So the Diamondbacks and Mets would have made the playoffs last year. No, the Cubs. No, you said no, the Cubs were eighty four, and what were the Diamondbacks? Eighty five. Okay, and that's usually. I think most years that's about where you would get in. But and one year you might get a team with eighty two or eighty three. Well, let me go to the American League here. Ready? Indians would have been six, right? Uh, Yankees, uh, Yankees, Twins, and Astros all won over a hundred games. Right. Rays won ninety six. Right. Athletics won ninety seven. Right. Okay, Cleveland won 93 and missed, so they would have been, five. been five. No, they would have been six. They would have been uh, six, and seven would have been the Red Sox at 84. Yeah, there's a big drop off. They are the, the only league. teams who finished above 500 in the American League. Right, well, it's a top-heavy. Yeah. It's, it's, and the other thing, though, we're not factoring in is, um, let's say maybe there's a team that fit, like let's say for the Phillies, for instance. They might have played differently the last two weeks. Might have. Because they would have had something to play. And that's what baseball, baseball wants. Baseball wants. Um, they want, and I can't blame them for that. That's what the NFL wants every year. The yeah. NFL wants to get to week 16 and have 24 teams with a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, th- that's the direction the world is going. Because, I mean, yeah, when I was a kid, and even when you were a kid, I guess. Because I'm trying to remember. Well, when, now you remember 14 playoffs. Yeah. Okay. But I, you know, and that's what made the playoffs awesome. But in my, you know, when it was I, so exclusive. When when I was up to, I was uh, when the playoffs come in seventy two. I think was the first. Sixty nine was the first. Sixty nine, the Mets, the Mets and Braves. Okay. Yeah. So for the first, but you had to win a pennant. Yeah. And some years the Yankees would win the pennant. Well, the Yankees weren't good by then. Somebody might win the pennant by fifteen games. Yeah. So nobody in a whole league would care about anything. For the second half, the second two, the last two months of the year. Yeah. There was nothing to play for. So I understand where they're coming from. And yeah. from everything you're telling me, they're going to do it. All right. So that's the our show for this week. Next week, we are going to give us more uh, to talk. I'm sorry. About. Not for this week, but we're back on Thursday. Um, and we will talk to our buddy, Jason Mertides. Okay. Uh, It'd be good to hear his voice. I've heard his voice on the radio. Do a little bit of Flyers talk as they next week we might be we might be um, audibleizing or something because Monday's bad for the holiday. We have a sports writers meeting, and and I'm I might be driving home from Baltimore that day visiting my daughter, so we might be Tuesday. Yeah, probably Tuesday, and then then Thursday. Which is the night? Is Wednesday the nineteenth? 
Yeah. Okay. Then then I I have something on Wednesday. I have to go to on the nineteenth. And then on Thursday, it has to be Thursday because I'm uh, taking the wife away that weekend. Where are you going? We decided on Washington. In the winter, that's interesting. It's close. Oh no! I, but it's cold. It could be cold. Could be. Um, you going to go like uh, you go to museums? What like? Yeah, what? we're going to go to Smithsonian's. Smithsonian's cool. I've been there. Whoa, God, it's been. Long Some week. nice restaurants, um, the Matchbox. You would know more. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big Washington. I, I, I heard that Ben's Chili Bowl place is pretty cool. Eh, it's a little overrated. You've been there, yeah. The original one. Okay, I'll take your word for it because, like, I, I've only seen it on TV. There's also, I mean, there's malls around everything. It's just the, you know, can you? You don't want to go mall. You mean shopping malls? Yes. No, come on. You, no, you can do that up here. Same malls. Yeah, well, if it's a crappy day is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got what you're saying. Hey, you get a hotel with an indoor pool, man, and you just... Well, we did. Yeah. <laughs> then, then, you know, and there might... I, and I should point out, we, we were looking at, like, you know, they have all those water parks now up at the Poconos, like yeah, the indoor they, water parks. Yeah. They, it's like 400 bucks a night. Yes. <laughs> you should see the shock look on Kevin's face. Like he he just woke up and said, "These people really charge that much." Yes. Think about this, Kevin. If you took like a family of four up, uh-huh. you know, like say you had a couple kids, it's a couple grand to go to Poconos. I could take the couple grand and go to Bermuda or something, or, or do something. I don't know. That's I, I I was uh, I, for truth be told, and, and Mike and I joke about this. I, I missed. I miss Clearwater at this sure time you of do. year. Um, Why wouldn't you miss Clearwater? Wow, you would have been nuts if you told me I don't miss. Clearwater. And I would have. I would. We were considering going down to Clearwater until we saw what the airfares are. Airfares are ridiculous. Yeah, right? and I don't know if they're going to get better because I don't understand how all this stuff that's going on in the world affects my air prices. Like Four fifty to fly to Florida. Even is it because that's a bad weekend? We try. I try different weekends. Okay. Um. Is it because man? I don't know. It's not even short notice. Like, like what if you had flown to Orlando? You know, I didn't check that. See, just do yourself a favor. I I usually do, but I didn't. I think Orlando's that. more in the two fifty range or two two hundred. And you know, it's only. I mean, you know, it's only. Yeah, it's an, an hour it's drive. An hour, hour and a half, half drive. Four. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But that might be, and especially. Like if you flew one of those cheap, like Frontier or something, you're not going to be taking much because you're only gone for a couple of days. You might be able to snag one of those, you know, really cheap tickets. But I mean, just me personally, I'd rather go to Clearwater because Washington will be there in June yeah. or July when it's really nice and you can really walk around and take advantage of Washington. Um, yeah. But if you do go to Washington, I'm assuming there's a pit beef stop. Like oh, absolutely. Home. Okay. I, I, I only, the only time I ever went to Pit Beef was at, what did I go? Maybe twice. But the one time with you, yeah. I know that's the one I remember. Yeah. Um, and I hope our good friend Paul Hagen gets his fucking hey, money. They are, they are, they are, they are putting everything together. So God, we should be there for, we should be there. We should be helping them cut the ribbon. <laughs> that's I think that's a with goal. With that horseradish sauce. <laughs> that's a, that, that that's a life goal of Mike's, I think, at this point. I don't get to cut many ribbons. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Tom McCarthy for joining us. We'll see you here on Thursday. This has been Work on the Beat.